Hello, and welcome to Tinker Talks. This is your audio format podcast that discusses what's going on behind the fence line here at Tinker Air Force Base. I'm your special guest host, Second Lieutenant Danny Rangel, taking over for this very special edition of Tinker Talks. Today, we have with you two previously recorded interviews with, I'd say, some pretty important folks, Air Force Chief of Staff General C.Q. Brown and his wife, Shireen. General Brown and Mrs. Brown were both on a visit to Tinker, where we got a chance to sit down and discuss some of the critical missions and challenges around Tinker and across the Air Force. Here are those interviews, starting with General Brown and immediately following with Mrs. Brown. Good afternoon, sir. Uh, My name is Lieutenant Danny Rangel. Um, I'm here to speak to you about Tinker and uh, some of the missions that we do here. My first question is, sir, you are here as a guest speaker at the Tinker in the Primes event. The theme for this year's event is leveraging partnerships uh, to accelerate change, which aligns perfectly with your strategic approach to accelerate change or lose. Can you tell us how important industry partnerships are to Tinker Air Force Base and the Air Force as a whole? Well, first of all, it's a, it's a real pleasure to be here, um, and I, I appreciate the, the invitation to speak at uh, Tinker in the Primes, and, and that allowed me to actually spend a little more time to expand and, and see different parts of, of Tinker. You know, one of the key areas that I highlighted in Accelerate, Change, or Lose was the aspect of collaboration. And that collaboration occurs internal to the Air Force, but with some of our key external stakeholders. And those key external stakeholders are industry partners, um, academia, and, and the Congress. And so in the time that I've been here, I've had a chance to meet with our industry partners to an ex- extent, to members of ac- uh, from academia, but also some of the congressional leadership or their staff members. And so here at Tinker, there's a lot of that that all kind of comes together. Uh, the other aspect of the collaboration is the collaboration with the community. Uh, last night, we had a chance to spend time with some of the civic leaders here from the uh, local area. And, uh, you know, one thing I've learned about Tinker, and I've heard it, uh, but I got a chance to see it last night, is the great support that you get from your, uh, your community partners. And so it's really about partnership as we do this. And the only way we can actually be successful as an Air Force to do the things the nation has asked us to do and take care of our national security is that we got to work together. And so collaboration is key. And it's, uh, I often talk about we got to talk to each other, not past each other. And uh, even if it's a hard, difficult conversation, to be able to sit down and, and work through whatever the issue might be to ensure that the Air Force we have today as powerful as it is and as good as it is, continues to be the world's best Air Force in the future. And that takes teamwork and collaboration with uh, many of our industry partners. And I see that uh, uh, full scope here at uh, Tinker uh, and also with the uh, mix of our, our total force with the, the active guard reserve and our civilians. Um, all that comes together to make us the Air Force that we are. All right, sir. Next question for you. Public-private partnerships have enabled innovative solutions to complex problems, as you know, specifically in the realm of additive manufacturing, 3D printing. What is your view on these types of innovations? Well, you know, I got a chance to see some of the uh, additive manufacturing, 3D printing today that uh, happens here at uh, at Tinker. Uh, But when I look at private-public partnerships, the the thing I think about is within the Department of Defense, as I like to say, there's not a good idea that come out of the Pentagon, but not every good idea is a good idea. And there's probably some other good ideas that don't come out of the Pentagon. And this is where the public-private partnerships come together, where you have an opportunity to learn from others who are trying to solve problems, and they may have a problem, uh, have a application or something they're working on that actually can be applied to a problem that we have as the uh, United States Air Force. And so how do we bring that teamwork together? And by the same token, they may be looking for an opportunity to build whatever uh, opportunity they might have. And so as we work with some of these smaller companies, or other, uh, you know, uh, other companies to bring these partnerships together, we can help accelerate some of the things that we're trying to do inside the Air Force. At the same time, allow them to accelerate some of the things they're trying to uh, produce 
um, for the more commercial sector. And so I see it as an opportunity to, to work together on areas to solve common problems. All right, sir. The men and women of the Oklahoma City Air Logistics Complex here at Tinker have been instrumental for keeping legacy aircraft such as the P-52, KC-135, in the fight far beyond their expected lifespan, uh, as well as sustaining the warfighter's newest aircraft with the F-35 and the KC-46 and more. How important is the work performed here at Tinker Air Force Base? Well, the work uh, you know here at Tinker, is, it was one, one of our uh, depots here across the Air Force, is um, making sure that the long-term sustainability of the combat capability we acquire uh, for airmen. And so whether it's the, you know, the newest of our airplanes, the F-35, or some of our older airplanes like the, uh, the P-52, it's that teamwork that comes together to be able to, to ensure that we have the combat capability uh, going forward. The thing that I really appreciate today um, in, in spending time here at the depot is to look at uh, how um, you know, the amazing workforce is able to continue to figure out how to you know, drive down the timeline to get that capability back out in the hands of our airmen much faster. And it's really about the, you know, um, providing capability. And uh, th that's what the, the team here at Tinker does to, to provide that capability. Uh, so it's not uh, stuck in depot, comes in depot, gets the job done, and moves back out to the field to provide uh, that, that combat air power that, uh, that's required. All right, sir. Last year, you released a video about racism and diversity and inclusion. In the video, you mentioned you were seeking further knowledge about these subjects from our airmen across the total force. As CSAF now, what have you learned from our airmen so far? Well, a number of things. And, you know, one of the things that I do when I come uh, to various spaces around the Air Force is I always try to schedule a, either a breakfast or a lunch with the airmen, with a small group of airmen, usually about 10 to 12. Um, I do not allow the uh, the base or wing leadership to be part of the conversation in the breakfast with me. And uh, it's just a, a chance to talk to our airmen. And, and uh, because there's a lot of, you know, as you might imagine, there's a lot of layers between me and them. And it gives me an opportunity to uh, hear directly from our airmen. Um, the thing I found um, as I've talked to Ehrman, um, if there's one thing that I do notice based on whether it's racial disparity, extremism, uh, harassment, sexual assault, all these factors that I think are distractors from us being sure that we provide an environment that all of our Ehrman can reach their full potential, is that uh, our Ehrman just want their leadership and their fellow Ehrman to know them as people and to care about them. Um, and that's a that's a key uh, factor, I think, that, uh, you know, sometimes we, we talk about the mission, but... People are people. Ironmen are people. And they'll do a lot of things as long as they know someone cares about them and takes the time to, to engage with them. And, and that's the part that I, you know, one of the things I, I have learned. The other part I did learn, too, is that they appreciate the opportunity to have you know, small group conversations. Because there's probably some things that were on their mind that you didn't have a chance to discuss. And the fact that we're able to discuss that it gets some things off of people's chest at the same time it opens some eyes. And we, we, uh, when you hit, show signs of vulnerability and be able to share stories, it makes us better as a team. You know, we, we have buy-in to support each other. And I think that's another key aspect of uh, the, the small group conversations that we've had and the, the various surveys we've taken because um, we get the feedback from Airmen. And yeah. it's good to hear that feedback. And, uh, you know, the thing is, what do we do about the feedback we receive? And, and that's part of my job, not just me, but really all of us in leadership and really all of us as Airmen. You know, and when I say Airmen, I'm talking, you know, our total force as well as our civilians, uh, the things we do to ensure we have the environment where we can all reach our full potential. Glad you mentioned that, sir. I, I remember that video coming out when it did. And as a person of color and an officer in this Air Force, it really did touch me. And I remember thinking, or maybe feeling, that our leaders are thinking about us and feeling for us. 
So I've always wanted to say that to you, sir. And I personally, I thank you for putting that out and talking to us. It felt like you were talking directly to us. So we well, I've, that. you know, I've, yeah. I've walked in the shoes. So I mean, I know exactly what it's like. Um, and uh, and just because I'm a person of senior leadership doesn't mean I've not experienced, uh, you know, challenges because of race. And I think it's important that we we acknowledge that. Uh, but I would think we can be better as, as an Air Force. And I appreciate and I like the, the fact that the way the Air Force and the Department of the Air Force is approaching this and really listen to everybody and taking action uh, to ensure, you know, all can reach their full potential. I understand what you mean, sir. All right, sir. Uh, as you know, being part of a large organization like the Air Force requires that all of us understand how we fit as individuals in the greater mission. Uh, what would you say to airmen out there who have doubts or don't really understand about how their works, work really contributes to the Air Force mission? Well, if I had one thing that I would start off with, it would be the mission of the United States Air Force is to fly, fight, and win air power anytime, anywhere. Okay? Um, that's what we do. And for every Air Force specialty we have, for every one of our airmen, doesn't matter what their their specialty is, doesn't matter if they're you know uh, uh, active, guard, reserve, or civilian, they all contribute to the air power in some form or fashion. If they didn't, then it would beg the question of why their specialty or why their job still exists. And we can't do air power anytime, anywhere, without the full support of all our airmen and all their very specialties. And just because you know you don't have, hear your specialty called out by name, it is all air power. And I really believe if we did not have all these specialties that come together to make things happen, everything we'd, we have as an Air Force would be a static display. It requires the full support of all of our airmen to be able to ride that air power anytime, anywhere. All right, sir, well said. All right, sir. Um, there is a majority civilian workforce here at Tinker, as you may have noticed, right. and, and around the Air Force Sustainment Center bases. Uh, why is the civilian workforce integral to the Air Force mission? Well, one, one thing about the civilian workforce is they give us, uh, you know, some uh, longevity and stability and continuity in some key some key areas, and uh, that's the thing I found at a number of the locations uh, where we have our depots, uh, and particularly in the Air Force Materiel Command, um, they have the you know, the bulk of our civilian workforce. Uh, going back to your previous question about uh, some of the reviews we did on race, one of the things we also found is that we probably weren't doing some things we need to be doing to support our civilian workforce. Uh, things that we do, as a matter of fact, we talked about it today. You know, we have Airman's Leadership School for our first-line supervisors. We don't necessarily have the same thing for our civilian leaders when they get in a position. And how can we do things like that better? So it's, it's really how do we take a hard look at ourselves to ensure we're developing all of our airmen uh, to include our civilian workforce because they're key to many of the things we do. And, uh, you know, we want them to be stick with us as, as, long as, uh, as long as they can because they bring some outstanding talent that supports our national defense. And so I'm very proud to have them as part of our Air Force. And, uh, you know, our goal is to keep them as part of the Air Force as long as they want to be part of our Air Force. We're, we're proud to have them here too, sir. Um, they, they serve such a critical and important part of our Air Force. And that, you know, I, the other thing I would add is they're tied to the community. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's, uh, you know, um, as I met with the civic leaders yesterday, um, the fact that uh, many of them, you know, most of the base has uh, a civilian workforce that actually, you know, lived here, grew up here, or moved here, um, they have distinct ties into the uh, community that, uh, you know, to talk about what our United States Air Force does. And uh, they're committed to national security and the role that they play. Um, they may not be on the pointing end of this, but they, uh, we can't do it without them. Absolutely not. All right, sir. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before you leave today? Well, first of all, thank you. Uh, thanks for everything you do, uh, support here at Tinker, but also to support uh, our Air Force in our national defense. Uh, I, I want all of our members to remember uh, the United States Air Force is the only service that provides the assurance of air security, the advantage of global strike, 
in the agility rapid go mobility tied into our command and control that we find right here in Tinker, as well as uh, intelligence surveillance and reconnaissance to provide the capability uh, for the United States Air Force and our joint team so we can do air power anytime, anywhere. All right. That wraps up our questions here, sir. Thank you so much for your time, for visiting Tinker, meeting with our airmen and civilians. Thank you again. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Good afternoon, Mrs. Brown. Thank you so much for coming. I'm going to just go straight into the first question here. So I'm gonna, let's talk about the Key Spouse Program. Key Spouses are often referred to as the liaisons between families and units. How valuable is the program to you? To me, I think it is the top of the world. It is our connection with our family members that are our volunteers that want to reach out. They have a passion. They have been in a situation once before that is uh, important for them to connect. They feel that there's a resource out there that they didn't know about, so um, they're usually quite excited about the opportunity to be able to help somebody else. And when they're in sync with their commanders to be able to be involved, it's amazing. Um, the engagement poss possibilities, just the um, knowingness that they can provide for other family members. Um, I'm usually one to really try to stress if spouses are willing to share their contact information. The strongest emphasis that I'd like to point out is probably the emergency management or crisis situation. And what I mean by that is here at Tinker, I understand tornadoes are a big thing. And for our military members, our um, Guard and Reserve and our civilians sometimes, that may require when things like that happen, we never know when that's going to be, whether it's a weekend or a weekday. If it's a weekday, chances are they are involved with their number one priority, which is their mission. And so for family members, it may be that they need to reach out to somebody else. And who is that person? Usually a key spouse is the first person you want to kind of reach out to, and they can help in more ways than one. So key spouses are huge, not just for those emergencies, but for the little things too. Because a lot of times uh, when folks are deployed, right, they need information or they just want to have somebody to talk to or be involved with, key spouses are right there for you if we can find out where you are. But the key part of this, or the essential piece of this, is being able to know uh, where to find you. And if they have your information, they're just there to check in on you. And they're not to, they're not, their purpose is not to follow you around or um, um, do things that uh, would kind of impact your day. But even if it's something that they, you want to reach out to them or they want to reach out to you maybe once a month, quarterly, that sort of thing, they're there for the information. So they're huge. I think they play a huge part. I'm glad you mentioned that Tinker connection because we do have some very unique weather events and when those happen we need to communicate as much as possible and the key spouses really play into that as well so I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, in a previous interview you spoke about overcoming challenges that many younger spouses face. Could you share some challenges that you faced and you overcame? Oh wow let's see let me th see if I can think that far back. No I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I would say uh, there are a number of challenges for new spouses. Um, I believe when I was in that position, we moved to a new location completely. And I really didn't know a soul. And so trying to find other spouses or peers or um, folks that you feel that you can trust is huge. Um, but it takes a little bit of uh, gumption, I would say, on our parts. We have to be able to want to reach out. We have to be able to um, find another person. And sometimes that can be scary for new people uh, that are coming to a new area. Uh, depending on what your passions are and what it is that you want to do, whether it's finding a new job, 
or if you're going to school, or if you just want to be a couple of folks just like yourselves, your neighbors and whatnot. How do you do that? Well, usually there's a base installation nearby, and I would always plug the AFRC or the Airmen and Family Readiness Center. Um, you'll find folks who are very friendly, want to reach out to you and help you in any way possible. Um, if through your installation, let's say, or even through your unit, uh, you might be able to reach out to some of the other spouses that are there if they've got an organization that's going. Um, another avenue are the spouses clubs. Uh, they're more than willing to receive you into that group. They've got all kinds of activities going on. Um, so there's lots of different things. But I will share with you real quickly that um, it wasn't that long ago when I was feeling like I was kind of in the same shoes. Even though I've had a number of years under my belt, um, we moved to a new place. So we, At this particular level, we moved to an area that we have never been to before, and that was out in Hawaii. Now, I'm sure everybody's thinking, okay, how bad can it be if you're in Hawaii, right? right? It's not, it's not. But what I didn't recognize was that there weren't a lot of people that I knew that were there. And by the same token, um, whenever you move to a new place, you always want to kind of get the inside scoop on where do you go to get your hair done? Where do you go to see your... You know, where do you find a dentist and all those sorts of things. So what can I do? Um, I could get on the Facebook page, of course, because there's always space, spouses' Facebook pages out there, right? Um, but I managed to meet a few folks and uh, was able to ask them those questions because it can be a little bit intimidating to say, hey, so where do you go for your dental appointments? Where do you go to get your hair done, right? So um, being able to reach out and having that opportunity to reach out to other folks you just have to kind of build up the reserve and see if you can find somebody that you can talk to. And that's exactly what I did. So, right. I'm glad you mentioned that because my, my wife has obviously been a military spouse for a number of years now. We're about to go through a PCS, and she really wants to reach out to other people who understand the specific questions that she needs because it's a very specific challenge. Um, wh how do you talk to people that you need to acquire information for childcare and things like that? So those key spouses along the way have really helped us out. So we've always appreciated that. Okay, uh, moving on. It could be, uh, this kind of touches into something you mentioned before, but it could be intimidating for spouses new to the Air Force uh, to jump into and participate in established unit or squadron. What advice would you give to a new spouse like that? Well, hopefully they have a program called a sponsorship program that might be able to reach out and help them get assimilated rather quickly. But sometimes that kind of falls to the wayside or sometimes it's not as robust as you'd like it to be when you first move into a new place, especially as a new spouse, right? And so hopefully there's an opportunity for someone to reach out to you, whether it's key spouses or maybe somebody in the unit that knows that you're new. But I will tell you, there's a group out there, it's a nonprofit, and you may not be aware of it. It's called Military Spouse Advocacy Network. And they are a group that works specifically with spouses to pair you with somebody, maybe at that location, if not a little further away, that has been to that location. And what they do is try to mentor the new spouse and help them out with whatever is local. Not only just local, but maybe some questions that they might have. Um, and from what I understand, they will work with younger spouses, especially because, you know, how much do you really know about this new service where you're going to and the places you've been? Unless you've had, you know, uh, you grew up as a military brat. And that's not always the case, right? And you move away from your family. You just don't know where to turn. Well, this particular nonprofit, um, reaching out to them, and I believe they're available on Facebook and they have a website of their own. And if you give them a call, they'll try to match you with someone to help you through some of those challenges that maybe even your spouse may not be able to answer those questions for. Or maybe they know, 
but they just don't think about being able to share it. And that happens to everybody, right? You get busy with life, things happen, you learn a few things, but then you forget to share it with your spouse and and maybe a little while before you find out about it. But this group is willing to kind of tag along with you and help you through some basic little uh, nuances that you didn't know about. So um, if not through that, then hopefully if you're on base, you might be able to knock on somebody's doors so distantly because now we're wearing masks again. So we got to be careful with how we're able to do this. And as you said, um, the military community is a little bit different and we want to be able to reach out to the folks who have some experience and can share with us. So hopefully those are some avenues that we can go down. Those are great recommendations. I didn't know about some of those, so personally I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, You've been an advocate for mental health and taking care of others. And your family has also navigated programs like the Exceptional Family Member Program. What message do you have for members of Team Tinker using resources available on base? You kind of spoke to that a little bit, but anything else you can offer there? Yeah, so this is a challenging time, I think, especially for EFMP families, because they're just finding out about something with their family member that they didn't know, and now they have to navigate a whole new world that you just didn't know anything about. And sometimes that can really, really take to your heart as well as to your soul, because now, you know, depending on how many other military members you've been around, this is a field that I think might folks tend to think restricts their career process or their career paths. Well, here's what I would suggest. Find out a little bit more about what's happening with your family member. And then also check out some of the resources over at EFMP. I know that they have case managers now. And so I know they can put you in touch with hopefully support groups that might be able to share some of their experiences and reduce the fear and anxiety that go along with that. Um, Being able to talk to other military members as well who have had the same experience. Now, we fall into that category of EFMP and... The concern for a long time was, you know, what did we do wrong? Or did we do something that was concerning that we could have done differently? But instead of dwelling on those questions, what I realized was I had to take care of my family member and how's the best way to do that. And so after long discussions and whatnot, we realized that we needed to make sure that our family member was going to be okay. I mean, I had a cold totally just from my own personal experience. I thought, After my child was born, things were going to be fine, and I was going to go back to work, and life was going to be great, but it didn't turn out that way. Instead, I was at home with my child trying to make sure that his life was going to be functional once he got to be an adult. And so understanding some of those things can be very challenging, I think, and really um, rattle people's brains a little bit. And I think that that happens to everybody, and we're not unique in thinking that way. But... um, See what resources are available at your base. Um, The more you know, the more you can find out what directions you can go in. Um, There are a lot here, and as I said, EFMP has that case manager, and if they have that family support group, reach out to them. The more people that you can touch base with, the more information that you have, and the more information you can figure out as to how to be able to attack your, your situation, so. All right, ma'am. So we've spoken about the different resources out there available, not only the programs and the people out there who can you can reach out for help. Is there anything else you'd like to add, you know, a message to add the spouses out there, anything at all? Well, let's see. There's a lot to be said for our spouses. We have, first of all, let me just say, our spouses are a unique group of, of our population. They add so much to their plates to be able to serve their their 
active duty member, their guard, reserve, even civilian folks that are a part of our uh, Air Force team. And I am always so impressed with their ability to juggle so much that's on their plate, whether it's taking their taking care of their home life, whether it's working that job, whether it's going back to school. I'm just always amazed at what they are able to present. What I have often said is usually by the time you leave your house, you've walked away with at least a high school graduation, you know, a diploma, right? And then you've been in either you've worked a little bit, you've managed a family, and you're supporting somebody, or you've gone through education, as I mentioned earlier. All of these things bring about skill sets that maybe we don't even recognize within ourselves. And the opportunity to be able to use these skill sets, I think sometimes we just need a little pat on the back to say, you know, you are really capable of doing the things that you do. And um, they are a fabulous crowd. I wouldn't hold, there's nothing I don't think that any of our spouses can do. And the f military family life really adds a whole nother layer to what our spouses are capable of. They should be raised up and lifted up and recognized for what they're capable of doing, even if they're not sitting in a position that uh, recognizes them as so. Um, but our spouses are absolutely fantastic, and I am here to support them 100%. So. Right, ma'am. I'm glad you mentioned that. We, that our spouses do need to be lifted up, raised up, and recognized. So I'm glad you mentioned that as well. So anyway, um, so that, that wraps things up for us, ma'am. Thank you so much for your time and for coming in uh, to talk with us today. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much. And go Tinker. What a great team. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. Thanks for joining us today. And don't forget to check us out on our website. That's tinker.airforce.mil. Also, please take a look at our social media pages at Tinker Air Force Base on Facebook and Instagram, and of course on Twitter at Team underscore Tinker. Until next time, you guys go ahead and have yourselves an excellent day. Thank you.